Hi there, welcome along to this week's High Performance Podcast Euro 2020 special brought to you in association with Whoop. Um, I was really thinking long and hard about this episode and the way to introduce it. And I think the key thing for me, the key thing with all these high performance podcasts is, is really the message that I want to give you, which is it is okay to rethink what you thought yesterday. It's okay to rethink the way you think. In fact, the best type of thinking is probably rethinking. And I think this podcast is going to get you to rethink, as so many of them do. We're about to speak to a man who is a professional footballer. He was so close to making the Wales squad for this year's Euros. He scored probably the most famous goal in their history. Yet he comes on the High Performance Podcast and he talks to us about epigenetics, which is how your behaviour and your environment can affect the way your genes work. We get into a deep conversation about psycho-cybernetics which is the art of steering your mind towards productivity and positivity. Once again, please rethink the way you think. Today, I want you to rethink the way you think about the Wales player, Thomas Hal robson Carnu. Here's what's coming up. So those feelings aren't nerves. It's actually excitement. But it's only how I perceive those feelings. So I was perceiving it previously as nerves, but then once I read the book and began thinking more about it, I switched that in my head and I began saying, well, when I feel nervous or when I feel that feeling of what I thought was nervous, that's actually excitement because I have an opportunity to achieve something that I really want to achieve. Once more, I can't thank Whoop enough for supporting us for these Euro 2020 specials. Um, if you're not sure about what Whoop is just yet, I'm, I'm kind of expecting that by now you know because we talk about it every week. Um, and it's wearable tech that doesn't just tell you what you've done like a lot of wearable tech does. It also tells you what you need to do. Um, a good example is that I thought I was getting enough sleep. I kind of assumed because I was in bed for eight hours a night, I was getting maybe eight hours a night sleep. This week, according to the Whoop band that I wear around my wrist I've only managed more than seven hours sleep once and one night I managed less than five hours sleep but it's not just about how little sleep I'm getting it's also about the type of sleep that I'm getting but then really importantly how that lack of sleep is impacting my recovery so once it's assessed my sleep it's also worked out whether I'm stressed whether I've eaten enough and I've drunk enough and things and then it tells me what I need to be doing in the gym in real time it tells me whether what I'm doing isn't enough whether what I'm doing is perfect or if I'm actually doing too much and I'm impacting my recovery even more so the other day I had an awful night's sleep my recovery was eight percent and the whoop band was just like don't do anything today another day I had a 98 percent recovery and it told me to go hard um it's a really fascinating piece of tech um um, you can go to join.whoop.com forward slash HPP. If you do that, you will save your first month's subscription. It's a subscription service. There you can also get so much more information about what Whoop is. Um, and if you don't like it, if you apply and you don't like it, you can also cancel anytime within the first 30 days. But if you do fancy joining the Whoop journey, and from listening to this podcast, hundreds and hundreds of people have signed up actually. So if you want to join them, just go to join.whoop dot com forward slash hpp oh you know that feeling when you know something amazing and you just want to share that amazing something with as many people as possible well there is something amazing 
coming this week from Lotus Cars. I can't tell you any more about it at the moment, annoyingly, I know. Um, but what I can do is say follow at Lotus Cars across social media. Head to lotuscars.com. Just start following them. Start understanding how you can keep in touch with the latest news from Lotus. And when the news breaks in a few days' time, you'll be the first to know. But just be assured that without our founding partner, Lotus Cars, this podcast would not be here. So as well as announcing some exciting news this week from lotus as always it's a huge huge thank you for the car brand which i hold in greater esteem than any other love you lotus introducing wondersuite from bluehost.com website creation is hard but now with bluehost you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique wordpress website or store right away from there you can customize your design colors and content And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Today, we welcome a man to the High Performance Podcast who know how it feels, not just to score a goal for his country, but you could argue... The goal that he scored back in 2016 is the most famous goal in the history of football in Wales. Yet here we are just five years later and he's not in the squad for Euro 2020. So we're going to have a conversation with today's guest about the highs that football brings, the lows that football can bring. And actually, as someone who came through injury after injury as a young player, he knows all about the lows. Yet what was it that he was told? What tools was he given by the brilliant managers that he worked with over the years that helped him to really get on track and make the very best of his talents? And where did he develop the growth mindset that means he now runs the turmeric company? Outside of his time with football, he supplies turmeric-based products and shots to thousands of people to help them live a more high-performance life. It's a pleasure to welcome to the High Performance Podcast, Thomas Robson Carnu, better known as Hal to those in the football world. Hal, nice to have you with us. Thank you very much, Jake. Pleasure to be here with both you and Damien. So let's get straight into it then. What is high performance? What is high performance? Uh, For me, I think it's uh, generalised as a broad topic. I think, you know, uh, high performance ultimately is being able to consistently perform or consistently apply yourself to whatever profession, whatever skill, whatever craft that may be. And that level of consistency will dictate, you know, the the level of performance that you offer. And I think whether you are working in an office, whether you're working uh, at the top of elite sport, whether you're working an admin role, if you're able to apply yourself on a consistent basis, you're ultimately going to perform. And the only way I think really to get to high performance is also with a, a healthy dose of honesty. So as we sit here today, do you believe that your approach to high performance helped you get the absolute most out of the talent that you were given as a footballer? 
Yeah, definitely. I think when I was younger, um, I was taught about self-discipline and self-belief. And the first time I heard that, it really resonated with me. But as I've grown older, progressed, had more and more experiences, I've realized that, you know, what is self-belief? It's like everyone tells you believe in yourself, you know, but how, how do you believe in yourself? Where do you start? And I think it's actually actually stripping that back and understanding what yourself is, is actually the key. So, you know, what what are we at the end of the day? You know, we're, we're humans, you know, beings living and experiencing, you know, a physical life. And so I think the, the, the key for that is uh, to understand what really motivates you, you know, what you're very passionate about. And from there, you know, being committed to to exploring that journey because at the end of the day we're all on a journey we're all experiencing various different experiences at various different times of our life and I think making the most out of every single opportunity out of every single moment is really you know the biggest tool that I have learned and I would you know wish to pass on to anyone looking to to progress uh, in their life. So would you tell us how you develop that tool, what that tool involves then, because that's a fascinating answer, but I'd be interested in exploring the depth of how we can all learn to make the most out of each moment. Yeah, no, that that, that one's pretty deep, but we can, we can try and go into it. I think, um, so as I was growing up, I read a book called um, Psycho-Cybernetics by one Maxwell Waltz, I believe is his name. I read it when I was 17 and it spoke about the direction of your thoughts and your emotions, which ultimately leads to then events within your life. It resonated with me definitely as a kid, but then as I began to experience success, failure, I began to analyze what I was thinking and what I was feeling at that moment in time. So what, as you know, as I said, as you, as I began to dive deeper into it, began to think more about my emotions and my state of mind, you begin to realize that actually what you think determines what you feel. So the example is if you wake up in the morning and you think, oh, I've got to go to work today. Already you're experiencing a negative emotion, which then that negative emotion tends to then stimulate another negative thought. So you get locked in this cycle. So as I began, you know, reading more and understanding more about, you know, what I felt because everyone wants to, you know, everyone's on their own journey and it is, you know, is, is exploring and experiencing, you know, something, whether or not they actually know they are. But I began to realize and, and began to pick up areas and topics of this around the world. And the biggest thing which aligned to this was this concept and this um, scientific breakthrough called epigenetics. And so I began really going into, you know, epigenetics and it talks about what you think determines what you feel and what you feel then determines what you think. And ultimately that then dictates the state of your life. So that's when often, you know, you'll always come across, you know, people who always seem to be lucky, you know, and then you'll always come across people who always seem to be unlucky. But if you drove deeper into what they actually think and what they feel on a consistent basis, you will see a pattern which replicates across any industry, across any age and across uh, ultimately, you know, uh, any culture. And I think really that is 
sort of how I've formed the basis of, you know, how I try to live my life. And that's not saying, okay, well, you can wake up and always feel good about yourself, but actually acknowledging what you're thinking about and understanding what you're thinking about and why you're thinking about it and then being able to then change or adjust that emotional state becomes a powerful tool and uh, and ultimately when you have as I said you know if you're driving down the motorway and someone cuts you up of course you're going to have that moment of reaction and say you know what what's what's he doing but actually if you can take yourself out of that state what, what is called a refractionary period if you can learn to have a short refractionary period you then begin to live in a very very different state which then allows you to ultimately you know apply yourself in all situations as best as possible so one of our phrases that we've that we frequently use on this series of the podcast Hal, uh, is success leaves clues so when you're describing this epigenetics and understanding the emotions and the thoughts that lead to successful outcomes, well, uh, would you describe what those thoughts and emotions are then that have been consistently present whenever success has followed for you? Yeah, so I think, as I said, like li- living in that specific state, is it's not always easy because, you know... Uh, you're going to experience adversity. Like life is not meant to be easy. Life is an experience. So we're here to experience that. But at the same time, how that those experiences affect you determine the life that you're going to live. So, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the, 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 the statement there, I think the clues are is that when you live in a state of, you know, real understanding and real um you know, ultimately a positive emotional and mental state, you begin to live in a place of freedom. And so creativity never occurs when fear is present. So then you could then say that then what state were you in when you had those positive events or experiences in your life, you would say a state of creativity and then what state were you in when you had those negative experiences and emotions you would say that you live in a state of you were in a state of fear so and this is what you know the original uh, you know concept and um uh, uh, science behind epigenetics is when you live in that state of creativity you, you and and applying it to football you play with freedom you express yourself and this is you know the 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 top top players in the world who number one have all of the physical attributes have all of the technical attributes and then have the uh, the mental capacity when they walk out onto the pitch they 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 play in a state of freedom and they st- they play in a state of creativity whereas when you you know if you're going into a game you know, a great example is playoff final. Look at what's, you know, the playoff final to get to the Premier League. Everything is riding on that. You know, the club is going to get 180 odd million, you know, for, for, for winning the game. You know, players' salaries are going to increase, you know, double and triple. And so there's a lot riding on that. So that fear, based on what you're thinking, can then lead to a, lo- a lower level of performance. Whereas if you just acknowledge that, this is my journey, this is the experience that I have and I'm going to live in that state and uh, have the freedom to express myself, more often than not, you're going to have those positive experiences. It sounds to me how like in your own life, you're able to get there. What about as a footballer? Were you able to get there as a footballer? Did you reach that point which 
I guess almost every professional footballer would love to get to, which is the ability to play on the biggest stage in the world with freedom. 100%. And I think, you know, look, looking back to, to 2016, what we did with Wales and, and you know, getting to the semi-finals of, of the, you know, European Championships, uh, only to be knocked out by Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, towering header at the back post, you know, full of physical attributes, you know, uh, 20 years of discipline. And, and plenty of freedom, probably. And plenty of freedom, you know, because he, do, yeah. he doesn't care, you know, he's, he's going there, you know, yeah, this is me, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to step into it, I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm going to do what, what I do best. And I think, um, that for myself was 100%, you know, a massive uh, pinnacle, not only in my career, but in my life, because no one will know the setbacks that I went through, you know, and we can touch on them today, but I was written off as a footballer. You know, I was written off as a footballer at, uh, um, at 14 and 15 because I was too small and physically I wasn't going to be equipped to play at the professional level. I was then written off at, you know, 17, 18 after two cruciate knee ligament injuries uh, where the surgeon told my father that I would never play at the level that I thought I would because of the physical um, uh, debilitation that the injuries gave me. And so being able to come through that and still play at the very top of the game in the top leagues, in the you know top competitions in the world, for me was was a massive success and and something which I'm you know immensely proud of and uh, you know uh, I think as I said it it, it was it, I was very uh, I was very aware very early on that this was my my journey and I was experiencing it and and you know I was open to to to, to continuing the journey. So I want to go back and explore that journey that you've been on, but I can't leave that reference that you made to Wales, uh, just unasked, Hal, because one of our areas of real interest on this podcast is around culture. And you're describing a culture there of freedom where people felt liberated to be able to play without fear. I'm intrigued as to what were the ingredients that went into creating that culture of overperformance in many ways from that Wales 2016 team? Yeah, I think um, looking back on that, it was a, it was a journey which you know ultimately stemmed for over a decade because all of the squad which was there within the Wales team at Euro 2016, you know, we'd we'd played with or against each other for for, for nearly ten years. At whether it was youth academy, reserve, first team football, Premier League football, and so we came together as a group. And I think the the, the biggest moment was when Gary Speed took charge of the national team and he came in and he instilled a culture of high performance you know he 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 began looking at the finer details what were we eating how were we preparing uh, you know what was our travel like uh, you know what was our analysis like of the opposition um how did we tactically set up you know uh, uh, how could we affect the opposition at international level and all of these um individual elements he brought that culture into the group and into the squad at that moment in time we had come off the back of a culture which was you know we accept to lose you know we're we're, we're a small nation um we haven't got the best players in the world we you know did you feel that that in the squad at that time the shift no did you feel the the acceptance of losing in that squad before Gary Speed arrived 100% you know going away going away to Azerbaijan and and losing you know 2-0 and and you know being like okay well this is international football it must be this must be the level that that it is I think you know there was that 
acceptance of the culture which had come before us. What had created that then? Because you, none of you get to professional footballers for Wales and most of them playing in the Premier League or at least in the Championship without a winning a winning mindset. Yeah, so no, th this is not the players. All of the players who had come through, we, we're all winners. You know, we'd all gone through our own challenges. We'd all gone, yeah. you know, look at Gareth Bell, what happened to him at Tottenham, you know, being written off however many games, it was 19 games, losses, the first 19 games he'd played, something, a crazy stat like that. And it was like, yeah. But everyone had overcome that. So it was a group of winners. But the culture that we came into as a group when we were at the camp wasn't a culture of high performance, winning mentality, you know, being able to express yourself and, and, and you know, believing that you can perform and compete at that level. So what were the signs and symbols of that, Hal? So when you went into the culture, what was it that you saw that smacked of mediocrity or just that acceptance of the level you were at? Yeah, I think it was just, you could say, you know, an example, you know, the, uh, the cones, you know, the setup of the cones, you know, or the condition of the cones being put down, you know, uh, like the small, small details, you know, the balls being prepared correctly, uh, you know, the training kit, you know, did, did we have the right sizes, things like that. And this is not, um, this is not me saying, okay, the kit staff weren't, weren't good. The, you know, the coaches weren't good. No, it was just that those standards were just historically in place where it wasn't seen that we're coming away to Wales to compete, to win, to perform. And so, as I said, Gary Speed coming in, he, he touched on every single aspect of the group. And ultimately that had a massive impact because we were all winners as, as individuals. So we, so that uh, pivotal that influence you know that that leader he was able to harness that within yeah. all of the players within the group and ultimately that brought us together and we went on a phenomenal run under Gary Speed and God rest his soul obviously he passed and that again was a very very difficult time and that was the first time again for uh, as a group you know you said around that togetherness that we had in 2016 that stems all the way back from you know, those moments because we all experienced that together and that, you know, ultimately brought brought us close together because it made us realise at a footballing level, you know, at a, you know, at an international level that it's real, you know, that life and death, you know, it's, it's obviously extremely tragic. And when you experience that, it brings you together in a, in a really, you know, strange way. But the reason it brings you together is it because it heightens the sense of morality. So when you have a heightened sense of morality, you then have a heightened sense of empathy. You have a heightened sense of uh, togetherness. You know, you have an, a heightened a, a sense of self, you know, of oneself. And so, those elements again you know as a group you know made us made us a titanic group and then we went through the experience of that over the period of time you know the the following years and then Chris Coleman then coming in and having to deal with that difficulty of coming in on what was now deemed a success under Gary Speed because he changed the the mentality and this the the trajectory of the nation because we were winning games we were then competing at the level and Chris Coleman took that mantle on and brought the group even closer together again and ultimately as i said it was a uh, it was a culmination which then led to the success of what we had as a, as a nation so would you explain that what can sometimes as an as an external observer look like a paradox of you spoke about 
playing with creativity and as you go on and start to become more successful and you win games and expectation starts to ramp up. How do you maintain that in, and, and eradicate that fear that you spoke about that can often inhibit? Yeah, um, I think it's... Yeah, I think I think it's 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 understanding what you're you, what you're feeling really, and I think that's that's what we we began to do as a group and as individuals. You know, we had winners, we had world class players, and it was really just about realizing that when we came into uh, you know into the group, there was the culture there which had now been instilled by the likes of Gary Speed, you know, taken on board by Chris Coleman, and then you know, the players were allowed to, you know, there was no shame in being the best, you know, or wanting to be the best, you know. So I think before, you know, if you look at a decade ago or, you know, before I made my debut, it it, it would almost, the culture, if you came into that culture and was like, I'm the best player, you know, let's, come on, let's go. We can, we can beat these. It would almost have been like, well, no, 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 we're, we're whales. And so I think like, it, the, the the culmination of the events and that growth as a group is is you know was uh, was was the experience that we had. I think it's really interesting that that you say that, Al, because I think people often make the mistake of thinking it doesn't matter about my culture. If I just hire winners to come into this business or the world that I'm in, we'll be fine. But this is a really really clear example of hiring and bringing together a team of winners is one thing. A culture in which they can thrive is something totally separate and absolutely vital. A hundred percent. And I think that's when you look at um, the, the managerial landscape today, you can see that visibly. You know, you can see uh, the teams that have success are the managers that give a platform to the players to thrive. And what actually that means is that these managers, they don't have an ego, but they also have a really strong belief you know and that whether that's faith whether that's religion whatever it is they they have that sense of uh belief and with no ego you know it's not about them it's not about me you know it's about what can i do for the group and then when you begin to break down you know businesses when you begin to look at corporations you can see the culture within them and how the mentality and the the structure of the very top really does stem down all the way through through the uh, through through the organization so what do you think a, a strong and powerful culture looks and feels like i would say a really strong and powerful culture is a culture which has no fear so you know and, and an example would be as small as you know an intern coming into a new business and on the first day being told hey you know if you have any questions or if you have any thoughts share them you're not going to be shamed for saying it you're not going to be uh, you know castigated because there's this you know hierarchy where you know you have to earn your rights or earn your you know position so I would say the first thing is is fear just doesn't exist. The second one I think is having a real sense of empathy. So and ultimately that stems from having a really high level of emotional intelligence. So you know understanding why and how people might be feeling a specific way. And there's great examples and and you know players football players who have played under multiple managers will know the difference because there's managers who come in and just have zero level of 
emotional intelligence. And so what very quickly happens is that you lose the group, you don't maintain any form of culture, and ultimately you create an environment which isn't successful. Whereas when you have those managers who come in and create, uh, have that level of uh, emotional intelligence and understanding around uh, the players, and that's the thing, like, you know, from the outset, it's like, you know, you, you it's almost seen as FIFA, you know, that these people aren't real, but players are human beings, you know, employees are human beings and everyone has thoughts and everyone has feelings and understanding that and allowing uh, individuals to express themselves is what over time delivers results. And I think that's the, you know, that that's the big biggest thing in, in, in any environment and culture. So in a culture then where you don't have a leader that has that empathy or that emotional intelligence and and the understanding of having to eradicate fear, when you found yourself in dressing rooms like that, Hal, how do you protect yourself so that you can still perform at your best, even within what sounds like a toxic environment? Yeah, I think it's uh, in those instances, I think you, you firstly want to make sure that you tre- you stay true to yourself and sometimes that may mean you know an element of conflict you know you, you're not you're not outwardly going out and saying you know uh, you know I don't agree with what you're saying but actually you know you just stay true to yourself in you know in your own beliefs and you know you don't let the external environment have an impact on yourself and that's the biggest the biggest thing that I would say you know the for anyone listening is that too often the culture that we have grown up in, in terms of society, you know, schooling, education, working environment, we have subconsciously been taught to accept circumstances in our environment and let that dictate how we feel and how we think. And a great example of that is the news. Why is the news always negative? You know, it's it's always negative because it's it, it it affects people negative information affects people more and so that dopamine response triggers uh, you know a semi addiction and therefore you watch it more so but actually you're not really taking into account of what taking on board that level of negative information has on you as an individual and you as a, 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 a as a human being and i think that is the biggest thing so you know when you're talking about a culture toxic culture like not letting that environment affect you as an individual and as a human and then the second one is being you know trying your best to impart your being if you are living in a in a different state or in a a positive state you know can you can you pass that on to your um you know your peers your colleagues people around you to try and you know ultimately affect positive change so let me ask you two hypotheticals then, if I can, because I appreciate what you're saying and I think it's incredibly powerful. But when you're in a football club and, and you oppose some of what the leader is asking you to do or the way that they're conducting themselves, they have the ultimate deterrent in many ways. They either drop you from the team, they either banish you from the training ground, they either get rid of you at the end of a contract. So there are some very tangible punishments for daring to speak out or stand against it and be authentic to yourself first of all how do you cope with that then and what advice would you give anyone yeah so the first thing that I would say is that nothing is is ever final so success is never final and failure is never final so 
if you're uh, banished or you're um, you want to stay somewhere or you want to be involved or you want to play and you don't play, that's just part of the journey. So the quicker you understand that and learn that and actually acknowledge that and live within that space, the more freedom and the the higher level of uh, living in terms of mental state you're going to be in because actually, you know, you, you end up saying, well, no, look, you know, I, I, I understand I'm on my own journey and I'm going to live and experience as much of it as possible. And yeah, and, and ultimately take each moment and each event, uh, you know, in, in your stride. And the second hypothetical then is that there's that horrible term that we often hear in football where somebody that dares to defy convention and do something different is often regarded as busy. How do you sort of stand and sort of try and influence positively and protect yourself against those critics that want you just to stay in your box and to be the conventional footballer they expect you to be? Yeah. I think I think that's an old model of understanding to be honest and I think that that whole busy shout was a really big one when I was coming through as a, as an academy player but I think I think it's it's still there definitely but I think actually you realize that being busy is actually doing the right thing or doing you know what's right for yourself and when you're doing that you're doing you know you're doing what's best for you so in the long run no one can tell you differently because we've all had you know I think any um any professional player will have played with hundreds of kids who wanted to have the dream and become a footballer but they weren't those kids most likely didn't apply the level of discipline or the, the the level of commitment that you had to in order to get there. And, you know, the example is, you know, when you leave school at 16, you go straight into a full-time working environment of training, you know, six, seven days a week, while your friends who you would have grown up at school are off to uni, off experiencing college, you know, living that life. And so, it's easy to get sucked into that and actually be, you know, feel like you're missing out, you know, FOMO, you know, are missing out on that experience. Well, but actually, if you're true to your own desires and your own passion, then you don't, you don't waver, you know, you're, 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 you have a a laser focus and, and sometimes you, you may not realize that at the time and you, you, you may want to do it, but you choose not to. And, but in the long run, when you look back, you're like, wow, yeah, that, that that was one of the reasons why, you know, I was able to achieve what I achieved. And have you noticed a change in football, Hal? Because when we talk about you and your experience in cultures where there are not emotionally intelligent leaders, and then when I now look at leaders in the Premier League, you know, recently Carlo Ancelotti was there. You speak to any player that played under him and they, they just say, oh, he just understood me. Pep Guardiola... We had Mauricio Pochettino on the podcast talking about universal energy. Jurgen Klopp, you know, these managers, Thomas Tuchel, who look like the first thing they do is bring the group on the journey with them. I'm just really interested to hear from you how the culture of football as a whole has changed in the time in which you've been a professional. That's what it is. It's that, firstly, as I said, it's that level of um, uh, emotional and social intelligence. So, as I said, like the players are human beings. You know, you can go into, as a manager, you can go into a club and, and you can say 
the perception of what a player is, right? You know, so a high profile player on a massive salary, the perception of him in the media might be X. Previous, uh, you know, comments or experiences with him, you know, they the, the opinions of that player, you know, may may be may not be positive. But when you go into that club, if you're if you understand that they are a human being and they they're like that for a reason, you know, they've had their own journey, they've gone on their own experiences. So my job as a manager is to harness and tap into that player and understand that player, which will ultimately allow me as a manager to get the best out of that player. But in order to do that you have to it's called the death of the ego you know and I think that's something which you know you you talk about the likes of uh, you know Klopp, Pochettino, Ancelotti like they've gone through these experiences where they've they understand themselves and then understand that you know it, it's it's really it's not about them like who, who am I you know I'm just a being I'm you know I'm a you know universal being living living in this experiential life so my name is not who I am, you know, so I'm not Thomas Howe Robson Canu. I'm I'm a being on my journey, you know, just as, you know, you, 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 Jake Humphrey, you know, Damien Hughes, you're all going on your own journey. So when you acknowledge that, you then remove the ego from your life. And when you remove the ego from your life, when you see, ah, oh, you're a rubbish player, you're a rubbish presenter, you're a rubbish commentator, you actually look at it and go, Huh. that's actually more of a reflection of what you are than what I am, you know? So I think that's that's the biggest thing because to do that with players, you 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 have to, you know, you have to really understand yourself. So did you end up in a position where you were desperate to change people's opinion of you? Or does madness lie down that road? And actually people will always have an opinion of Thomas Al Robson Carnu, and it might be brilliant player scored the greatest goal our country's ever seen it might be rubbish footballer shouldn't have ever pulled on a jersey but you can't control that so how did you um square that away on your own head did it just hold no credence for you yeah so it falls back into what what I originally discussed and that's not allowing your environment to affect how you think and how you feel if you can do that you completely live in a different state than any other state you will have ever lived in in your life because it doesn't matter what they say because that's my environment that's not me that's not how I feel that's not what I think and so that really is the key and and it's fascinating to see because I remember as a 20 year old at Reading when Brendan managers Brendan Rogers came in as manager he'd just come from uh, Watford he was a highly esteemed coach had left Chelsea's um, academy to take the role and he sat everyone down and he said in a meeting, he was like, I want everyone to visualize themselves walking out in one of the top competitions, whether it be the Champions League, whether it be a major international tournament and you stepping into that um, moment and into that moment in your life and living it and feeling it. And how did that make you feel? He didn't go into epigenetics. He didn't talk about the environment affecting you. But what he was talking about there was actually living in a higher state, a higher realm of thought, which then affect emotion. So then that cycle then is what you can then drive and create 
consistently positive things in your life and so it, that can be applied to absolutely anything but you have to understand it's a process and you have to understand that actually I'm just gonna you know that that's the state and the being that I'm gonna live in so I remember at, at the time you know there were boys in there who were like would then be looking around and being like what's this guy on and and actually yeah. but I was gonna say it's 12 years ago I imagine the, the football was very different mm -hmm, then. definitely and there were senior pros in the room at the time you know it was it it, it was great and that and and you know, Brendan Rodgers, you know, Champions League manager, you know, one of the greatest clubs in, in the world he, he's managed and, and the success that he continues to have. And so I think when you look at any level of high performance or, you know, real success, I think you can see that model in there. But I think the, 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 the gap is understanding what that actually means, because again, that's just all experiences that doesn't define you. So now, you know, if we take, you know, Brendan Rodgers as an example, he's had a phenomenal career. He's going to continue to have a phenomenal career. But it's important that he doesn't then identify with that experience. And he actually continues to live in his own being and his own state and where he, his true passion is. So, so yeah. You said that Brendan Rodgers was having that conversation with you as a 20-year-old, but you also described that you were exploring epigenetics at 17. So you were ready for those messages and could anticipate them. What was it that had ignited your curiosity into this deeper realm of understanding? Yeah, I've I've always had um, a, an active mind, and I think at school I found school like really really easy. Like I just did, you know, I was um, I would say you know I was a cheeky child. Um, you know, I um, I was I would always get you know top grades in my school, but then I it would. I didn't really have to work too hard at it. And so, um, you know, gr growing up as I went into football, it was like, okay, yeah, physically this is demanding, but actually you had so much mental space, which then begins to fill with thoughts because then as a 15 year old, I suffer my first cruciate knee ligament injury um, out of the game for, 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 for 12 months, come back, second knee cruciate uh, ligament injury on, on, on the same knee, have to have surgery again. At that time, you know, the likes of Theo Walcott, who I was, you know, playing against as, as a kid in the, in the academies with Southampton, he gets a move to Arsenal for, you know, 15 million. And I remember lying in the hospital bed after surgery and he had just, you know, moved. He had just done, done a transfer. And I'm thinking, wow, like I'm, I'm in this hospital bed and you know, Theo Walcott's just moved to Arsenal for, you know, for, for, for however many million. And this, and, and so these thoughts and, you know, feelings, I began to, you know, I was wondering like, why, why, why was I experiencing them? What, what, what was it about it? And then as I began to come back, I went through the adversity. I went through, you know, uh, uh, obviously began using, uh, you know, the range, which we can discuss, you know, with, with the turmeric co, you know, the, the shots, which ultimately changed my life from a nutritional perspective and a health perspective, but then being a coming back from that. And then understanding, you know, playing in a reserve game and feeling nervous. I was like, wow, why am I feeling nervous? Like, what, what is, like, what, why am I feeling nervous? Like, what, what is that? And then, so it was trying to understand that, which then led me, you know, to, to, to understanding around reading, you know, psycho-cybernetics and what it was talking about. And what I took from that was that it's just how I'm perceiving it. So those feelings aren't nerves. It's actually excitement 
but it's only how I perceive those feelings. So I was perceiving it previously as nerves, but then once I read the book and began thinking more about it, I switched that in my head and I began saying, well, when I feel nervous or when I feel that feeling of what I thought was nervous, that's actually excitement because I have an opportunity to achieve something that I really want to achieve, i.e. scoring goals, playing really well in the game, you know, being the best player or, uh, you know, achieving my dream of becoming a professional footballer. And so I applied that model and ultimately, you know, I began to see patterns and, and you know, th- that's not me saying like I, I've gone on my own journey. Like it, it's not always smooth sailing. You go through the roughs and you go through the ups and downs and coming back as then a 20 year old, you know, I was, I had, you know, multiple hamstring injuries because, you know, my, physically I was, I'd lost two and a half years of development because of my, you know, the surgeries that I had, but I would always recover really quickly from them because, you know, of my nutrition, you know, I was taking, you know, anti-inflammatory, you know, uh, natural products, which ultimately allowed me to get back onto the pitch as, as quickly as possible and allowed me to then condition myself to ultimately have a career in football. I love that. That thought process of the fact that nerves and excitement are basically the same thing, but we just chew. You know, if you actually think about what the feeling is, like the feeling is the same, isn't it? Like you're about to go on a plane on a holiday, you feel a bit funny, but you decide it's excitement. You're about to go onto a football pitch or onto a TV show, you feel exactly the same, but you decide it's nerves and it it impacts your 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 performance. Before we talk about the nutrition, and I do want to get into that, just a few sort of key things from me when it comes to epigenetics. How do you begin the journey? Because there will be people listening to this who feel that a change is needed and this could be a, the change that makes the difference for them. How do, how do you begin to alter the way your thought processes work? Because we get a lot of messages from a lot of people telling us that the way their brain works has been hardwired by their parents as young children. This is not an easy thing to mm. unpick. That, that's interesting that you say that because it, we're all a product of our environment at the end of the day. So we we come through that but that does not then define your future so i think acknowledging that as the first instance is key the second one is we live in the information age because of the advancements in technology the amount of information that we have access to you know i've got three kids you know they they fully know how to operate an ipad you know my 2 year old knows how to unlock her you know an ipad and access youtube kids and so the information that we have available to us is, you know, obviously a gift, but at the same time, you know, if not used correctly, could potentially, you know, be, be harmful, you know, could 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 potentially be, be a curse. And I think what that means is that really you have to, you know, firstly go within. So it's understanding, you know, what is it that you really want? You know, what really motivates you? You know, do, do you want, do you want to, a, 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 do you want to become a career professional and career professionals f- you know phenomenal you know these guys work relentlessly are able to you know consistently deliver in what they're doing or do you want to be uh, you know a creative an artist an explorer a traveler w- what is it that you want when you begin to understand that and really understand what your you know what what your heart truly desires i think then that's when you have you want to begin to look into how do I create that in my life? And I think from my perspective, I've 
been fortunate enough to to have you know accessed some really uh you know phenomenal information in the form of whether it's lecturers whether it's thought leaders but in terms of you know epigenetics i would say there's no one better in this space than Joe Dispenza. And I would, you know, very much encourage and, you know, he's got several books. And, you know, if, if, if you're not, a, you know, a reader, uh, then you, you can watch, you know, YouTube videos, but really diving into epigenetics as a philosophy and how you can apply that to your life in the smallest of ways. And it's like when on the outset, it's like, okay, the test is I want you to feel positive from when you wake up in the morning to when you go to sleep at night so so when you you know you step out of that door first thing in the morning on the way to you know whatever it is work college uni training whatever it is be thinking and feeling a positive emotion right And, and 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 a positive thought and that that positive thought could be as simple as i'm gonna have a great day today i'm having a great day today and it's like okay so my challenge to you is do that And I want you to think and really feel and acknowledge when you step outside of that, because I can guarantee for most people that will be gone within five minutes because they'll remember a bill to pay. They'll remember the weather isn't so great. It's raining in London today. You know, it's the the middle of summer. Oh, what 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 a rubbish time, you know that's negative like how can you you know how can you really be in that 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 positive emotional state and I think yeah so so back to your question you know I think that's it's really understanding first what you truly want what truly motivates you and what you know you truly care about and then understanding that the emotional state and the thoughts that you think and not allowing your environment to impact that will dictate how quickly and how, you know, successfully you achieve it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, look, as you know, in high performance, we love to highlight businesses doing things a better way. That's why we're proud to partner today with Mint Mobile. And when I found Mint Mobile... I had to share it with you. They've ditched retail stores and all the overhead costs and passed those savings on to you. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk and text plus data for $15 a month. And for me, those numbers are fantastic. I've been paying way more than that for my whole life. So if you hate your phone bill, Mint Mobile can offer you premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All the plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can choose from three, six or 12-month plans. Say goodbye to your monthly phone bills. So to get your wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash HPP. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash HPP. Additional taxes, fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details.
Today's episode of High Performance is in partnership with MindLift, and many of you may have heard already that in 2023, I decided to give MindLift a go, the neuroscience-based personalized brain trainer to improve your focus and your relaxation. So I popped on the headband, I downloaded the MindLift app and connected to my own personal neuro coach. And look, because of my job as a podcaster, I get to experience so many different things that people tell me are going to benefit my life. And in all honesty, once I started using MindLift, I just found that I felt sharper, my focus was better. And I think something else that you can't necessarily feel is that it offers an improvement for overall brain health. I also was really reassured by the fact that this is trusted by clinicians around the world. I know for a fact it's used by top athletes. I've spoken to some of them about how much they love it. And the fact that the whole experience is customised by your own neuro coach, I think just makes it really smart. So if you want to get involved and you're interested, now is the time with a $40 discount exclusively for you. And if you want to get $40 off your first subscription, just go to mindlift.com slash highperformance. That's M-Y-N-D-L-I-F-T dot com slash highperformance. So Robert Page either calls you or texts you or speaks to you in person. I don't know how it happened and says, listen, Hal, a few goals at the end of the Premier League season. Wonderful. You're not going to play for Wales at the Euros. How quickly did you turn what I imagine was a painful negative into a positive emotion and how did you do it and did you do it? 100%. I think Robert Page, he, you know, when you break it down, you know, he he had had the success of the group already. So I wasn't involved in that group that got them into the Euros. You know, obviously I'd had a phenomenal career, particularly at international level, uh, you know, playing in the Premier League, you know, of course, you know, I, I'm, 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 you know, I've believe in myself that I'm you know I'm a top player I've played at the top level you know it's 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 not easy to do that day in day out week in week out year in year out so and of course I would have loved to have been there but actually you know when you break it down he was you know him his backroom staff I think the, the the emphasis is on the group and I think ultimately the decision was made you know long before you know the 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 announcement was was actually you know released and for me it was like yeah cool let's go do it again you know that that's my thought and now from my my perspective it was being able to firstly experience a euros from uh, you know from the outset because we hadn't experienced one beforehand as a nation so now actually being able to support the team and actually enjoy and live it as a as a fan and as a supporter was uh, was something which I was you know extremely looking forward to and you know secondly it was about well you know summer I've I've not spent you know summer with my kids you know since I've since I've been alive so you know since they've been born and so I'm 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 extremely grateful that I've you know got got the time off where I can you know not only alongside you know the the businesses that I run but actually being able to uh, spend quality and valuable time in 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 summer which for for most footballers uh, you you don't really get. Well done for doing that, by the way. I mean, that's not an easy thing, is it, to to do that? But I guess, you know, there's no point you coming on here extolling the virtues of epigenetics and then being peed off all summer because you never made the Euro squad, right? Mm. I mean, that is that is um, your belief in action right there, isn't it? Mm. Definitely, definitely. Impressive. So should we talk about nutrition, Damien? Something you and I are hot on. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> again, it's fascinating because I think that you've, you, I mean, you've touched on some of the uh, the remedies, Hal, that you were using from a very young age when you had these cruciate 
injuries. The bit that really intrigues me is how was that perceived within a traditional industry like football that you're daring to go outside of those lines and and explore something different? Mm. Yeah, firstly, before we go into that, I think it's fascinating. I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you have seen, you know, the, the whole stir that the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo and Paul Pogba have caused for moving Coca-Cola bottles from the press conference and then saying, drink water. And isn't that a sign of how the game is changing? Footballers having a voice and an opinion. 100%. And this is something which, you know, myself, I'm extremely passionate about. And now I'm able to, you know, really live that passion and, and drive that pr- passion through the Turmeric Co., you know, uh, the business which I'm the founder of. But it's incredible because you look at sports, you look at society, and you look at the dis-ease that we have in society today. There's never been more obesity. There's never been more ill health. And yet we are... Um, you know, we've never had more information and knowledge that we do today, you know, on, on, you know, on face value. So how can we have such a high level of disease and, and ill health at this present moment in time throughout society? It just doesn't make sense. But when you begin to break it down, you look at sports and you look at fast food, high sugar, high fat companies and the influence that they have in terms of the global social economical um, arena from a marketing perspective mcdonald's sponsor children's sport in the uk children's football and coca-cola is the main sponsor of the euros and world cup now i'm not gonna i don't give my child i could you physically can't give your child coca-cola as a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven year old, you know, truly. I remember when I first had my first Dr. Pepper, I think I was seven, and I bounced off the walls for nearly five hours, broke a window, and had the biggest crash ever. And so the influence that these brands and these conglomerates have on sport, from my perspective, needs to change because they're treats at the end of the day that's not saying you don't have them and 100% everyone likes a a treat everyone likes a takeaway but it has to be done in moderation but sports organizations clubs and yeah you know the likes of FIFA they have to begin to take some responsibility in terms of the influence that they have on society because if you're living an everyday life living you know with an everyday family you know which you love when your child turns on England v Scotland and they see Coca-Cola plastered around the stadium, that subliminal messaging is having an impact on their consumer patterns, wants and needs. And so that's marketing at the end of the day. And I think UEFA have just come out and they've said if players continue to move the bottles, the Coca-Cola bottles, sanctions and fines will be actioned. And for me, that stems that the root of the issue and the root, the cause of the issue lies, you know, ultimately at, at the top. And I think it's fascinating to see because these players are beginning to understand more and more about nutrition. And we'll touch on it and the impact that, you know, what, what we're doing, you know, through our brand and what other, you know, functional, natural health products are having on everyday people, but also on elite athletes. Um, so yeah, so I just wanted to touch on that because I thought it was, it's fascinating to see the, you know, the, the, the impact that that's having on, you know, around the world at the minute. But well, the way your business is going, mate, we might see Turmeric Co on those, uh, <laughs> on those platforms before too long. Because I, I was looking at the numbers. I mean, it, you know, you've created a really successful business and uh, we have lots of entrepreneurs that listen to this. I would love to 
ask you to sort of delve into how you've gone from having an idea, and I know it came about from, you know, your, your family, um, but how you turn a nice idea into a successful business. A lot of people have nice ideas, not many people have successful businesses. Yeah, I think it's, um, again, it's, it's, it stems from passion because I experienced it firsthand. And the impact that the, you know, our products within the Turmeric Co had on my life in terms of recovery, uh, reducing the inflammation in my knee and allowing me to have the career that I've had, they they became my secret weapon from a from a physical perspective and from a recovery perspective. Um, and you know, uh, long story short, I su- you know suffered two and a half years of injuries, came back from two surgeries, and I co- had constant inflammation and swelling in my knee. I then began getting, you know, prescribed, uh, you know, uh, standard medication, which, you know, standard at the time. Again, this is, you know, 15 years ago. And I was popping these like Smarties, uh, you know, provided by the club doctor at the time. And my body just started having adverse effects to them. So I started passing blood in my urine. I couldn't sleep. I'd have nausea whenever I I ate. And so I was stuck between a rock and a hard place because I literally couldn't play without pain or restriction or swelling but then I then had to stop taking this medication which was only really taking the edge off of the uh, uh, off of the you know the the symptoms that I was experiencing so you know I remember it as light as day you know came back 17 year old uh, really struggling with training Reading were desperate for me to to, to break through because they, they knew I could, you know, I, I was one of their, you know, top young players. So they were pushing me towards the first team. So I, you know, they put me into a reserve game and my body just wasn't, you know, wasn't ready for it. Anyway, I managed to get through the, through the reserve game, got home. And I remember my dad, you know, used to drive me everywhere. So he'd drop me off and he came in and I went to walk up the stairs and I literally couldn't because of the pain in my knee. And I, I stopped you know, crouched over on the stair and just began crying, you know, broke down completely. And I was like to my dad, there must be a way that I can, you know, recover from this, you know, there must be a natural way, a solution to it. And so at that moment in time, you know, we just basically, you know, made a pact. It was like, there must be something out there so we just went on a research binge began looking you know went to the library began looking at natural um, uh, medication you know natural recovery natural um, ingredients that would treat uh, pain inflammation and became and began coming across all of these ingredients so the likes of pomegranate watermelon pineapple ginger and then subsequently turmeric and so all of the information that we were we were looking at there was you know um a herb and spices uh, uh, Chinese uh, uh, you know Eastern medicine book and it you know listed these all of these ingredients along with black pepper um, you know alligator pepper all of these things and it was like okay well so we got all of them over the course of you know a week as a kid I was really fussy so I didn't like um, you know anything that didn't taste untoward and I had grown up on a diet of chicken beans and pasta as a young athlete so I was nutrient deficient in terms of having functional natural um, uh, compounds which would uh, uh, you know otherwise support vitamins other minerals um, you know and other uh, uh, ingredients and compounds such as you know curcumin ginger roll etc I had never experienced these in my diet and so uh, after a week, my dad had created this blend of all of the ingredients, natural, you know, f- uh, from the raw roots, from the raw flesh, and 
began you know trying it was like you know no 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 that doesn't taste right need to make it so after what another was week your dad's background Hal sorry if you don't mind me interrupting my dad's background he was a civil servant but my my dad came from Nigeria and studied in the UK and um in Nigeria his father passed away in the Biafran war but his father was actually a herbologist in Nigeria in their village and so my oh, dad right. said he okay. remembered um people coming to their to their place you know my uh, his father going into the forest coming back with these natural herbs natural leaves and him actually treating them for things like sciatica um uh, uh, things really random you know conditions but from all natural and so you know so so yeah so eventually he man he you know he created this this blend you know which was at the time you know a golden elixir in a small small glass uh you know uh, uh glass and the first time i had it it knocked me off my socks i was like whoa never had anything like that in my life and it was like okay you know that is quite potent it's quite strong i'll just commit to it after a few weeks of having them you know a couple a day i began noticing that i didn't have as much restriction during training was like okay this is interesting like okay cool you know just stuck to it after six weeks, I remember waking up, going into the shower, my usual routine. And in the shower, it was only then that I realized that that was the first time in over two and a half years that I had woken up without pain in my knee. And so that moment was a light bulb moment in terms of nutrition, health and well-being, because the doctor had told me that I would never play without health and restriction again. The surgeon told me that I would never play at a level that, you know, I could, you know, truly uh, freely play at. And the physios were prescribing me with standard medication. And that was the only solution. So it completely shifted my mindset and my approach to nutrition. And so at that, since that moment, I've had these turmeric shots every single day of my life and they began to become my secret weapon because as I got back into playing, a year later, I made my first team debut. A year after that, I made my international debut. A year after that, I made my Premier League debut. And I began noticing that I would recover quicker than my teammates. You know, they'd have stiffness, aches and pains. You know, I wouldn't get run down as easy. And I attributed it to the shots, but then my teammates would be like, what is that? What are you having? And I'll be like, oh, it's just a, you know, turmeric shot. They'd be like, oh, can I try some? Would give it to them. They'd come in the next day. What was that? That was like, you know, I quite liked that. I quite enjoyed it. And so all, you know, as I said, up until that point, 2016, it was the, uh, the latter part of 2016 where I then walked into Harrods and I saw a turmeric shot on the shelf in Harrods being the, you know, f footballer, you know, bought, bought the majority of the shelf, took them home, was like, this is phenomenal because anyone who uses natural turmeric uh, as a root in their diet will know that it's a very, very hard route to handle. You know, it stains utensils, it ruins blenders, it doesn't taste great. So seeing this shot on the shelf where in, you know, over the last decade, we had ruined over, a, you know, a hundred blenders trying to make this, you know, these, these, uh, these shots on a daily basis. It was amazing to see. So took it back, you know, to my family with my dad and we went to drink it and we spat it out. I couldn't believe how inferior it was to what we were creating. Spun, spun the bottle around, looked at the ingredients, 98% apple juice, turmeric powder, no form of bioavailable or absorbable ingredients, no, you know, supporting fat soluble oils, which help with the digestion and the impact that the, the ingredient has on the body. So it was at that moment where we were like, you know what, we have to bring what we are producing at home 
on a daily basis to people in all different walks of life. And that stemmed a two-year journey of building a bespoke production facility, building a team, building a brand. And we launched the Turmeric Co. in 2018. And, you know, within a few months, we were supplying the likes of England Rugby National Team. We were supplying, you know, the likes of Whole Foods Markets, Planet Organic. And we built the business as what you would call as a digitally native vertical brand. So it was all around that online consumer experience. You know, you order, you receive it, subscription model as convenient as possible. And that's what we've achieved. You know, we've achieved natural functional health in a convenient way. And that ultimately is what is is the reason that we're seeing the success that we, we you know, we're experiencing today. But for me, this is very much just the start of the journey. And I feel, um, you know, as a business and as a brand and as, you know, a product, we, 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 there's still so much education, so much awareness that, that, that we have to do. And, and, and we're looking forward to it. I was going to say then, so when Jake was asking you about the epigenetics and one of the things that you said was you start with a sense of a motivation. What do I want to get from it? So what's your motivation behind the obvious passion you have for this business? Yeah, the, the motivation is that I want as many people in the world to experience what I experienced from natural nutrition because the, the you know, the, the norm, you know, what we've been conditioned into uh, believing around, you know, uh, whether it's medicine, whether it's fast foods, something has to change. And for me, that's the biggest passion that I have because I know the impact that it had on me and I know the impact that it will have on so many other people around the world. And today, you know, we've got tens of thousands of positive customer reviews who have used the product on a daily basis over a period of time. And that product has changed their life. You know, I'm linked into all of the comms, you know, I'm, I'm CEO of the business. You know, we've got a team of 30, you know, stemming from production through to brand, through to sales, through to marketing and digital. And so it's a passion of mine because I see on a daily basis, firstly, the effort that we put in, in terms of delivering the highest quality product on the market. And bearing in mind, there are products in Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Costa Coffee, Pret, they've all got these shots. They're 99% apple juice. That's not a turmeric shot. That's an apple juice shot. You know, so you're not getting the function and the actual value that you would be looking for if you were going to consume this. So, it's, it's, you know, we're just obviously so passionate about bringing what we know to be, you know, the, the, the best shot in the world, the best, you know, natural functional turmeric shot to, to people in all different walks of life. And so, as I said, you know, I'm linked into all comms. I see every single review. I see every single bit of feedback. And that really motivates me and motivates the team because we know we're, we're ultimately making a difference. It's great, man. Do you believe in uh, manifestations? I imagine you probably do. Yeah, I think it's a it's a difficult one with manifestations because it's like, you know, it's like saying, I want to be happy, I want to be happy, I want to be happy, I want to be happy. So it's like, okay, you want to be happy, but actually, how do you become happy? You know, you can you can want something so much, but it's you have to really feel it and experience it within your, you know, within your mind, within your psyche and for it to become part of your being before it actually becomes so for us now you know i you know it's very much the start of the journey but i'm visualizing and experiencing you know what what we're doing can have an impact on hundreds of millions of people and so that's the state that you live in and that's where ultimately you know i think that that's what manifestation is as opposed to just saying you know 
I want a, you know, I want a gold Lamborghini. I want a gold Lamborghini. Well, what's the gold? You know, what, what, what's the, per- you know, no, you don't need that. You know, just, you know. And the, the reason I ask is because I do believe in it. And I've seen incidences in my own life where I've wanted a certain thing to be achieved so badly. I think it's happened. I, th- I believe this podcast came about because of manifestation. But I wondered if you were to manif, what you would love to achieve with the, with the Turmeric Co. Where is the end goal? Maybe there isn't one. We talk on this podcast about infinite purpose. Maybe the purpose is infinite for this. Yeah, I think goals are um, goals are really interesting because, and particularly, you know, going through the challenges and the adversity that I I've had. You know, I was growing up a goal setter, but then it was like, what happens when you reach that goal? I'll get a new one. Okay. What happens when you reach that goal? I'll get a new one. And so really it's like actually acknowledging that it's not a, it's not a destination, it's a journey. And so it's like, yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing that I can, you know, can say to anyone. So for me, like I, you know, I know the impact that what we're doing, you know, not only now in, you know, the turmeric co shots and the impact that it's going to have, but as we begin to expand the range, as we begin to, you know, have this core of natural nutrition through everything that we do, and we educate people and individuals and families about the impact that having a nutritious um, lifestyle and a nutritious diet can have on your health and well-being, not only your physical, but mental state. I think that knowing that and understanding that and living that is ultimately that's that's the goal so it's like where does that take us well that takes us on a journey very interesting um it's been a great conversation Hal and I think it's gone places that I don't think Damien and I were expecting and I certainly think that people listening to this podcast won't be expecting the conversation to be like this and that's what in some ways like it's great that we surprise people by talking like this but there's also an element of me that feels it's a shame that you spend an entire career as a footballer only seen through the lenses of a footballer by 99% of people alone. They make their minds up and they judge you as a person entirely on the performances you give on the football field. And that might be 60 seconds at the end of a game coming on as a substitute. And that, I don't know whether that frustrates you or not, but, but I do think it's a shame because I think, you know, you clearly have so much to share, so much to give. Yeah, I think it's just, uh, yeah, uh, it, it, it is what it is. I think, you know, it's, um, of course, you know, we're, I'm fortunate enough, like you said, uh, you know, manifestation, you know, uh, the creation, you know, you, you lived in a creative state, you know, you were, you, you trusted in yourself to, to allow yourself to, to, to create a podcast, which has then allowed me the platform to share, you know, a, a portion of my experience. And so, that ultimately is value add. So that that's that's ultimately what what we're here to do. You know, we're here to to give as much value um, through our experiences as as possible. Brilliant. Um, we always finish our podcasts, uh, Thomas, with a quick fire questions. And the first one is: What are the three non negotiable behaviours that you and the people around you have to buy into? Yeah. So uh, non negotiable behaviours. So um, live in a state of empathy um live in a state of uh passion and live in a state of creativity with no fear so i'd say you know th- those are the, the three key key ones for me what advice would you give to a teenage child just starting out i would just say you know enjoy every minute of it i think looking looking back i think i've experienced what i've experienced and i've gone through 
the pain that I've gone through and the struggle that I've gone through. And ultimately that has formed who I am today and, you know, ultimately what I'll be tomorrow. So it's really, um, it's, it's, you know, all I can say is just, you know, that enjoy the process and, you know, uh, ultimately trust in the process. I think that's the, the biggest thing because when you face adversity, it's so hard to, to see through, you know, to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but actually like, just you know acknowledging where you are and you know allowing yourself to the freedom and the you know the three the freedom to uh, feel and think in a, uh, a positive you know progressive manner I think is the biggest thing that that you can you can do and I think really that's I've experienced my experiences have led me towards that so if I could learn that sooner then of course great but actually maybe if I had learned that so I wouldn't be where I am What's your biggest strength and what's your greatest weakness? Uh, biggest strength um, is, yeah, biggest strength. I think, you know, just that level of, um, you know, I'm, 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 I would say I'm quite disciplined and, and that's, you know, not disciplined to, um, you know, oh, I'm really strict, you know, bedtime, you know, I'm not military sergeant like, you know, where I need to wake up at six in the morning and I need to, but I understand what I need to do in order to get to where I want to get to or experience what I want to experience. So I think having that discipline to, you know, to trust in, in as I said, trust in, in the process, I think is is a really, yeah, really strong, you know, strong, strong strength of, you know. What about your weakness? Weakness, I would say, um, yeah, I think, um, again, I'd probably say it's a, uh, that passion and that hung that hunger i think you know it it can be intense sometimes you know and it's it's you know and i i and and intense for me but it's like something which i really enjoy but you know i think sometimes you you can look and you can think you know you could you know go go on a beach somewhere and just you know chill out and put your feet up and uh, but i just i just can't so i'd say you know <laughs> that's that's sort of my my passion is probably you know my my biggest weakness what's one book recommendation you'd make for our listeners one book recommendation i wouldn't recommend one book but i would recommend every single one of joe dispenser's books yeah okay and final uh your final message i guess for the people listening and watching this your one golden rule for a high performance life yeah i would say yeah high performance i think in it, it really it's trusting in that process there's so you can't dif- yeah it, it's so hard to dissect it because it's you can't have one without the other and so you know really trusting in that process and trusting in your belief and and what you want to achieve is ultimately what's going to you know deliver whatever your passion and your your ambitions are so brilliant listen thank you so much for joining us I, i think the very fact that we're sitting here talking to you should be a negative for you because it means you're not involved with wales at the euros but the conversation we've had and when you talk about how you dealt with that news and the way you deal with anything in your life is uh, you are an, you are um, the perfect example of how we all, if we have a positive outlook on life, can, um, can live the life that we want. So thank you so much for coming on here and being so open and sharing so much with us. No, thank you very much for having me, guys. And yeah, a pleasure to be on here. It's a phenomenal podcast and yeah, a, a pleasure to, to share part of my journey. Thank you so much, mate. Damien. Jake. 
I do feel, you know, really strongly like what I said at the end, that Hal has spent his entire career without people really understanding who he is, what he believes in, how he's achieved things and the direction he's going in. But you know what? Football is full of Thomas Hal Robson Carnus. The world is full of Thomas Hal Robson Carnus. And I just think we all need to spend a bit more time understanding each other rather than putting everyone in boxes and, uh, you know? Yeah. Again, it's one of these key phrases that we've spoken about in previous series, Jake, about let's suspend judgment and let's start demonstrating empathy and understanding. Let's try and explore with curiosity somebody's story, their journey that they've been on, rather than just seeking to pass a judgment uh, based on, like you said, 60 seconds of watching somebody run around a football field and thinking that we've somehow got an insight into their character. It's, It's lazy thinking that, I think what uh, what Thomas Hall has just demonstrated there is a real challenge to it to us and to anyone listening to it. And there'll be people listening to this that maybe are sceptical about epigenetics or don't want to believe in it or don't understand it and perhaps don't even have the time to get into that. But all they have to realise is, effectively what he's saying is, for every outcome, you can have a positive reaction regardless of what's happened. And if we can take that on, if we can just react positively to every little bit of every little part of our lives, even the bad stuff, well, I can't see a negative. Exactly. They like that. Like, I really like it when people like uh, Thomas Haller take something like epigenetics and then explain the practical benefit of it. And that example he used of, you know, set yourself a challenge when you leave the house of a morning that today is going to be a good day and catch yourself when you step out of that thought and then recognize what's happening and step back into it there literally cannot be a negative consequence to going into a day hoping for the best and having a mindset of making the best of whatever gets thrown at us i really enjoyed it and uh yeah i think uh i think he enjoyed having the opportunity as well don't you to speak in that way yeah and again i think he used that phrase that creativity can't uh can't flourish where fear exists and i think if um it was a real privilege to be able to sit with him and ask him questions without trying to judge or to, or to knock him down, but to hear how creative he was in explaining some of uh, his thinking that's led to such success in his career, both on the football field and what sounds like is certainly happening now in his business. Loved it. Thanks, Damien. Thanks, Jake. Loved it. I told you that this was an episode um, that would challenge you and get you thinking and get you questioning. And I'm sure you came into this thinking, yeah, I know about Hal. You know, I know what he does. Just please understand that he is not um, an exception. Everyone is walking around with thoughts and stuff going on and things from their past and opinions and beliefs that if we just knew a bit more about it, I think it would be good for you. It would certainly be good for them. And I just really, let me reiterate what I said at the start. It's okay to rethink the way you think. Um, And Damien and I are really keen to help the way you think because this podcast is all about reaching as many people as possible. And we're going to do that through our first book, the high performance book that comes out at the end of December. Now, I'm not even sure whether this is kind of allowed. I'm probably breaking some like unbelievable unwritten author's code or something, but I'm in my office um, and I'm just going to read a bit that me and Damien have written um, just to give you a taste of what you can expect from the book. I want to be really clear, okay? This isn't just a book that you read and go, yeah, that was interesting. It's a genuine lesson 
about how you can live a more high-performance life. It's full of takeaways. It's full of activities. It's full of great quotes. It's full of moving you a bit further forwards. So I'm going to read a bit. I'm just going to go from chapter one where we talk about meeting Billy Monger. Um, And this is what we've written about. um, I'll just read a little bit. Billy's experience offers a masterclass in overcoming adversity. When we go through hell, it's natural to want to apportion blame. But blame is useless. The only thing we can really control is how we respond to a bad situation. To take responsibility for our reaction. Now this concept is often misunderstood. Responsibility isn't about taking the blame for things that aren't your fault. Nor is it about painting a smile on your face when the entire world is crumbling around you. A person who takes responsibility can still recognise that bad stuff happens. But they also recognise that the one thing we can influence is our response to adversity. The one thing we've learned from our high performance podcast interviews is that the best performers are really good at separating the things that happen to them, many of them, beyond their control, from their responsibility to react in the most effective way. Now, we're surrounded by things that we can't influence, but our reaction to them is still our responsibility. Your job, your relationships, your family, illness, recessions, global pandemics. Many are not your doing, but if you want to be a high performer, you must realise that how you come back is in your hands alone. And then we go into something that we're calling a pit stop. Um, And it's a little sort of test throughout the book. There's these pit stops where you stop, you take a break. um, And this one is um, an attitude test. So it says, before you read further, think about five things which can change your attitude and write them down here. Now take a look at the words you've written. How many of those words relate to things that cause you to have a positive attitude? Or do a lot of them have a negative connotation? You see, the reality is there are two types of attitude, positive and negative. Now, in our experience, if three words are ever likely to produce an instant pessimistic response, it's positive mental attitude. The overuse of this concept has left us all feeling anaesthetized by these words and the associations they have. The concept is often completely misunderstood. So there you go. Um, I don't know. I might get sacked for reading a bit of a book that's not even released yet. Who knows? But hey, it's our book, so I'm sure I can do what I like with it. Um, But it is the first book from the High Performance Podcast. It is going to be released on the 9th of December. It has been written by myself and Damien. It's a real labour of love, and it is full of things to help improve your life. And if you would like to pre-order the book, you can do so right now. Um, In the description for this podcast, you can find a link to pre-order it straight away. Or you can head to thehighperformancepodcast.com and you can pre-order the book right there. That's also the place where you can sign up for the High Performance Circle, which is a totally free members club where you will get exclusive episodes. You will also get high performance boosts, which are kind of like short little um, uplifting 15-minute talks. We've also got keynote speeches on there. You'll get a monthly newsletter. There's loads of other stuff on its way as well for the High Performance Podcast. So that's thehighperformancepodcast.com. But I really hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Thomas Hal Robson Carnu. I hope it opened your mind. I hope it made you rethink um, not just him as a person, but the fact that we particularly love to put people in boxes and people will all have an opinion of him as a footballer. But actually, you have that conversation with him for an hour and you realise that your opinion of him as a footballer, he carries no value for that. 
it's all about him as a person. And I think you will agree, he was a really, really interesting and impressive person to talk to. Huge thanks, as always, to the whole High Performance team. Thank you to Sophie from Rethink Audio for her hard work. Thanks to Hannah. Thanks to Will. Of course, thanks to Professor Damien Hughes, the wind beneath my wings. But most of all, thanks to you. I'll reiterate one last time, without you, this podcast goes nowhere. So please, put it on Instagram, share it on Twitter, ping it in a WhatsApp group to your mates, talk about it at work, send it through a, some sort of internal email system, but get people listening, get people thinking, get people involved with the High Performance Podcast. I'm sending you loads of love, loads of positive energy, have a brilliant week, and I'll see you for another episode of the High Performance Podcast very soon. Take care. 